Why is it every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Don't you know y'all supposed just say so nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast, your home for in-depth news discussions, reviews, and deep dives into movies, television shows, and music, with a special emphasis on diversity and the Black experience. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts can be found. And you can also find us on all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast or at our website, SSNPodcast.com. All right, so these discussions are a little bit more casual than our regular ones usually are. Um, the first up, we're just going to talk about comics in general because we were just talking about comics in our group chat. And we decided, you know, let's just, let's just do this as a conversation for the show. Um, Latria, mm-hmm. did you ever get the chance to finish reading that Superman Smashes the Clan comic? I didn't even start. Okay. I had it open and then... I was watching Hallmark movies, so I never... Okay. I know, I need to... I plan on doing it this week. I did read it. Because it is just book one, so I was like, right. okay. Yeah, it's, there's going to be three issues total. It's um, part of DC's Zoom label, yeah. which they um, is their young adult label. So it's written for teenagers, but it's still, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this Chinese family that moves to Metropolis. The um, The dad has a job as a doctor. It's 1946. And um, the son joins a baseball team and displaces their pitcher, who is a white guy, who goes home and tells his uncle. And the uncle happens to be a member of a certain organization. Mm-hmm. And they burn a cross in the Chinese family's um, front yard. And this starts up like a series of um, uh, um, investigations that um, Lois and Clark take on. Um, and there's some Superman action here and there that I won't spoil related to this um, thing. It's very, very good and kind of, a little, you know, now I won't say dark like, you know, like like the Joker dark, but like they don't hold back on showing these racists to be racist. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, I did not know that comics went there. Oh, uh, uh, they go, I mean, we're not seeing the bat penis, you know, but, you know, like. Yeah. Regular comics do tend to go there nowadays. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just whether or not the writers are talented enough to make sure it sticks and sticks the landing. That's where right. the issue usually is. This one sticks the landing. It's written by a Chinese American um, writer. It's very, very good. Yeah, when I saw that name, I was like, okay, this. I, <laughs> right. felt, I felt good about it. <laughs> I was like, this could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's, it's very authentic to that experience. And they do all of the classic yeah. Superman stuff because it's set in the 40s. They do all the, you know, Lois don't know he's Superman. You know, Jimmy Olsen is there and Perry White. All the classic shit that I want, they're doing it. That's good. And I appreciate Hooray. that. Uh, what else have I been reading? Um, I actually reread, I was cleaning my room and I found my copy of Archie 700 in a big stack of comics I need to put into boxes. 
uh, Archie 700 starts their new arc where he's secretly dating Sabrina behind the backs of Betty and Veronica. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's written by Nick Spencer, who used to write at Marvel. So, like, he still a- writes at Marvel. Okay. So he's writing this. He's writing side. Spider-Man. Okay. But he, you know, he was like, uh, people did not like his uh, Captain America when he made Captain America Asian Hydra. Yeah. So I guess Archie was like, yeah, just c- come fuck up our world, dude. <laughs> right. Not in a bad way, not in a bad way. But, but he also wrote something very like similar for the indie market called Warning Glories, hmm. which I could see why they would put him on an Archie book. Right. But yeah, like these new nice. Archie books that him and Mark Wade and these people, these people are doing, they're very, very good. Like uh-huh. they are doing the Archie shit, but they're doing it in a modernized way that fits for like a modern audience and like actually does good characterization mm-hmm. it isn't just you know eight pages of gags you know they get like these interesting modern artists to do like the artwork they like like i would definitely pick up the graphic novels of the mark way series to start with they're all very good mm-hmm. um but yeah what else have i to read of course shazam which is you know uh, on a very very ridiculous bouncy schedule because Jeff Johns refuses to delegate <laughs> and he spent the last what five or six months working on Stargirl for um mm-hmm. Disney um, for DC Universe and since that character is based on his sister his sister that passed in the 90s uh I'm certain he's rewriting every page of every script as it's being shot. So Shazam just got on this terrible um, thing where it was like, uh, issue seven is delayed by two weeks. Issue seven is delayed by four weeks, six weeks, 11 weeks. It has been indefinitely postponed and will be resolicited when we figure out when it's going to be fucking published. I'm like, y'all just put out a fucking movie. This is the time to strike when the iron is hot. The movie that made less money than Joker did its first weekend. It made more. It made more money than Joker did its first weekend total. Yes, it did. Are you sure? Now, two weekends combined. No, it didn't. Um, t- well, two weeks combined. No, it didn't. But <laughs> I, so, I mean, that's no shade. It's no shade because Shazam is should be on everybody's uh, underrated movie list. It should the, be uh, like it's a, it's good, a good movie, movie. unlike it's a good movie. Joker. Anytime I show it to somebody, they're like, whoa, I didn't think this was going to be that good. Because the trailers did not appeal to people. Mm-hmm. For Shazam? Yeah. And because they hid so much in the trailers. Like, they, you know, usually you see a trailer, they tell you the whole movie. Which the Shazam trailers on purpose did not show Well, they anything. can't do that because, yeah, there was like a lot of stuff that they couldn't right. reveal. But I thought the movie was amazing. Yeah. They didn't, but they didn't even show like the seven sins at all in the trailers. Period. Uh-huh. The children, the other children, are barely in the trailers. I was like, y'all can't obviously put Megan Good and Ross Butler in the trailer. Of course not. But at least put the children in the damn trailer. Like Darla should have been in the trailer. Yeah, and she's yeah. not at all. <laughs> I'm a good sister. Yeah, I'm a good oh, sister. So precious. I don't know. I love. I. I don't know. I. I kind of like that they buried all of that, all the secrecy in there. I it made that. the movie experience better, but for the selling purposes, like I see why. Like people were like, "He looks too silly," you know, and didn't mm-hmm. go see it or whatever. Hands. Yeah, it got dark. me with my hands. <laughs> yep. 
And the people were like, DC movies are supposed to be, are supposed to be dark. Who are you fuck heads? You fucking Zack Snyder dick lickers. Oh, <laughs> Who wow. have never read a wow. DC comic in your motherfucking <laughs> lives. Every time, uh, every time, Ken, Ken, wait a minute, the phrase is pickle you come quite, okay? <laughs> Ken every- and Matria, Brandon, Brandon going off, he sounds like, 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 like good Janet on, on, um, the good place trying to be bad. Yeah, right? He's like, what the fork? What the fork, yeah. <laughs> what are you, you big butthead, you, uh, I'm trying to be bad. <laughs> It's just but speaking of, I am suffering through this last season. My God, I'm ready. I need to catch up. I haven't I watched this so long. I am ready for it to end. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think the premise could last this long. It, it should not have. Every, but people are every episode. I'm just like, how close are we to the end? Oh crap! So it got like bad. I'm literally just Jesus. I'm just watching it. I'm upset after no. the second season. It just should not have continued. This is like what season four now. Yeah, season four. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad it's the last one, but it's just like like the season three was not good, and this is not any better. I'm at I'm all. I'm right. catching up. Wow. Uh yeah, I'm only watching it because I have made it this far, so right. I feel obligated. Oh, now I felt about. True Blood. Mm. Ooh, oh my God! Not it got blood. off the rails. Good Lord. Yeah. So the Shazam comic right now is actually a sequel to the movie, more or less, because it's been so long since they printed a comic of Shazam. They had to be like, "Oh, it's watch the movie first. <laughs> yeah. Um So the plot is basically that the kids are, you know, they're superheroes. They're having fun and everything. They're hanging out inside the Rock of Eternity, that weird, like, rock dimension place with all the thrones and everything. And they find behind a wall that used to be there, the wall disappears, and back there is a gigantic train station that leads to all these other realms. And they decide, let's have an adventure and go see what this stuff is about. Except for Mary. Mary's, you know, she's like, um, why would we do that? We'll get lost or something. We don't know what's over there. Oh, come on, Mary. Stop being a grown person. Let's go have fun. And so there's these other realms of magic, apparently, that the Rock of Eternity can access. The Funlands, which is this place where children get to run around and play games and ride roller coasters all day long and have fun, run by this um, guy named King Kid. Secret is, of course, unfortunately, that when you turn 18, you are enslaved and forced to work below and fix up all the rides and make all the rides for the children. So when the kids go to um, um, hang out and they um, King Kid invites them to his um, his throne room or whatever for a celebration, they find out Mary's turning 18 and they um, they kidnap her. And so Billy has to try to save her. Uh, the Wildlands, which is a land of full of um, anthropomorphic animals who are afraid of humans. Uh, Darla and Freddy end up lost in the wildlands and end up being um, captured and tried in a kangaroo jury, in a kangaroo court, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not know that was a phrase until like a few weeks ago. Um, and um, they're sentenced to be eaten by tigers. Oh. But one of the tigers happens to not want to eat children and saves them. Of course, this is the um, famous um, Shazam uh, side character, Talkie Tawny. And he's like, my name is Takitani. Darla's like, your fur is so soft. (laughs) Thank you very much. And they escape, but they get lost in another dimension called the Darklands, which is basically like um, black and white and Frankenstein. 
full of like jack-o'-lanterns and um graves and things uh pedro and eugene get lost in the game lands which is basically like like a ready player one type of world where everybody is all about um race car games like 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 ready player one and nascar had a baby apparently sort of a thing hmm. uh what are the other ones they haven't been to the other ones yeah i think there's like the monster lands the was the oh the Wazenderlands, which is like wonderland and oz combined that's where um, Eugene and Pedro are lost in now. The Monster Lands is where I guess we'll beat the monsters from the Monster Society of Evil. There's one more. I forgot what it was. Uh, I don't remember at this point. Um, but it's a very good series. It's clearly setting up what the sequel is going to be about to the movie. Um, m- meanwhile, Mary tells the foster parents that they're superheroes. Um, <laughs> How did they take that? Oh, Brandon, what happened? Am I telling too much? Nothing. You are okay. Sorry, the dad loves it. <laughs> Question: uh, Where do you like go to read all these comments? I guess they own have they have their own sites. Um, Comicsology.com will sell you. I think it's .com or .net. Um, we'll sell you issues for, I think, $3 to read digitally online. If you want to buy them in person, there are several comic book shops in the Atlanta area. Uh, you, I would just, Yeah, I think there's yeah. one near me um, yeah. that I just haven't been. Yeah, I would just Google comic book shops and show up. They tend to have back issues or they can order them for you if they're not um, out of print. Um, there's mm-hmm. also a DC book called Naomi about a black girl who lives in a t- in like a small town, I think in the Northwest, who finds out that yeah, she is a superhero. Uh, written by um, Brian Michael Bendis and um, David Walker and drawn by J. Scott Campbell. Um, that's a very good series as well. I'm trying to think of anything okay, else. Okay, so that's why I need to start following. I need to start following that artist. Yes. Very good artwork. I'm trying to think of anything else that I was reading um, significantly comic book wise I mean a lot of the shit I read is very old comics I love to read those um, Archie comics in the checkout lane because they're all old reprints <laughs> uh, I thumb through them looking for specific old stories or old type stories if I see a 50s or a 40s Archie story I buy if I see a Josie and the Pussycats I buy that uh, let's see what else was I reading oh I bought these two big books for $9 from um Books a million? Is it Books a Million? Yeah, Books a Million um, of Wonder Woman and Batman reprints from the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was reading all that problematic Wonder Woman stuff where she's tied up and she can't get out. <laughs> uh, with Wonder Woman and Etta Candy hanging out and beating people up. There was one where some sort of like reverse bomb or whatever um, that blew up in like a military base and everybody did everything backwards. The men marched backwards. They got undressed instead of dressed. You know, some very strange but very entertaining Wonder Woman stories. And the Batman stuff, of course, feels more like the um, TV show than Mm -hmm. anything else. You know, just like late 40s, early 50s Batman, very much na-na-na-na-na-na-na Batman! Very much sort of kind of in that style. Uh... But yeah, that's what I've been um, checking out. 
I was going to I was going to ask everybody what your first experiences with comics were just to sort of kind of get like some background on you. For me, my mom just bought started buying me like these um these Christmas packs of comics they used to sell at Sears. Oh, uh, these were mostly selected Marvel issues. Some of them were reprints. Like one of them was a reprint of Incredible Hulk number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other issues like Fantastic Four and Spider Man and X Men and all that sort of stuff. So I started there, um, and then Archie, of course, was easy to get because it was at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, so I think I mentioned this on a, uh, the uh, Shazam podcast. The grocery store started selling Shazam comics as well when they were being printed in the nineties. That's where I started reading those, which was perfect for me because in those comics, uh, the Shazam characters lived in a time warp, a nineteen fifties time warp. So Latria, you know that was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is perfect for me. <laughs> he's Superman, but he's a kid and he lives in a nineteen fifties time warp. Oh Lord. Everybody wears hats, but they still there's no racism <laughs> because it's a nineties comic. The mayor was a black lady. She just wore like a nice long um, uh, ankle length skirt. <laughs> they walk down the sidewalk snapping their fingers <laughs> in unison. <laughs> I mean, almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they, they did that because uh, they had so much difficulty updating Shazam for a modern audience. They just said, fuck it, let's not update it at all. Let's do it. 1950s style, which is explain they live in sort of a time warp thing where time has slowed to a crawl because of magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started there and read those for the most part. And Superman, of course, Superman back when he um starting like right after he came back from the dead. You know, they killed him in uh, Superman number 75 in 1992. Very famously, he was dead for a year during which time they introduced all the alternate Superman who claimed they were Superman, Reborn, Superboy, and um, Steel, John Henry Irons, the Eradicator, and Cyborg Superman, who became a bad guy. And then real Superman came back with the long hair. Everybody said it was a mullet. It was not a fucking <laughs> mullet. Because <Long> <laughs> his hair just, his hair grew in whatever reanimation pod they put his ass in. He just didn't cut it because they want him to look oh more 90s and modern. Everybody said it was a mullet. It was not a fucking mullet. He just had long hair. <laughs> and he combed it. Oh, God. Oh. So he had that for like five years before they were like, oh, we want his short hair back. Please, thank you. Uh, I know know why they didn't tell Clark was Superman during that era because Clark Kent just magically came back too. He was like thought to be dead from the Superman doomsday battle that killed Superman. And all of a sudden, Clark Kent's wearing a ponytail. Like, y'all didn't put this together at all? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like those stories, though. Like, they were really good stories. Uh, Lois had just found out Superman was um, Clark Kent. And so they were finally dating for real now. And this is lead up to um, 96 when they finally got married. And Superman, the wedding album. You ever read that, Ken? No, I didn't. It was a good story. It was right after another big DC crossover where the sun went out. And because Superman's powers come from him absorbing yellow sun radiation. Was it, called Final, was it called Final Night? Yes, The Final Night, 96. 
Uh, Superman lost his powers, and so the book is him getting ready, getting ready to get married without no powers. So Batman arranges for all the other DC heroes to come and take over Metropolis while he gets married and goes on his honeymoon with Lois Lane. And that's mm-hmm. when he cut his hair because he could finally cut it because he didn't have to worry about getting any sort of like uh, kryptonite scissors or anything crazy like that. Uh, okay. But yeah, so I was reading a bunch of that. I read a lot of indie stuff too, like like here and there, depending upon what it is. Like Kyle, uh, Kyle Baker did a Nat Turner comic that I read. I also read um, John Lewis's March comic. He did a comic book about himself. From him, he was um, uh, protesting and marching in civil rights marches in the nineteen sixties. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! Yep. Uh, what else? I also um, we got this comic that somebody sent us to review. Um, it's actually a wrestling comic that takes place in, in like in what is outer space related. It is called Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. It's from SBI Press. They gave us the first three issues. Basically, it's about a wrestler on Earth, sort of a washed-up wrestler guy who, uh-huh. you know, like, he's been in the game for a long time. He's sort of kind of falling out of it. He makes this um, declaration on, uh, I guess, TV and the Internet that he's the best wrestler. He's the galactic champion of the whole entire universe. You know, how the wrestlers <laughs> talk shit on their little promos or whatever. Uh-huh. And some aliens from outer space see the shit and they're like um oh no you ain't and they come and kidnap him and take him to (laughs) (laughs) to outer space to wrestle for outer space Uh it's actually a lot of fun it's um very well done very well written very well drawn I would actually recommend picking it up uh it's from SBI Press let me see if I can find the names of the Writer and the artist write quick, 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 quick. It's written by um, Ed um, Cunel and Matt Antine. It is drawn by Dan um, Skade. So definitely check that out. Uh, mm-hmm. Invasion from the Planet WrestleTopia. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, Miracle Man is one of my favorites. Um, oh, God, how do I explain this to Latria? Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You read the new Miracle Man? I try to read the new ones, but like their printing schedules have just been weird. Um, what do you mean? The new ones of the new Miracle Man. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the '80s ones and the '50s mm. ones too. So, Miracle Man wasn't it? Miracle Man? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a Mr. Miracle. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Miracle Man. Um, I should read Mr. Miracle. I see that in the thing. But yeah, Miracle Man. Um, so back in the 1940s, um, Shazam who was called Captain Marvel back then, was out mm-hmm. selling Superman over at Fawcett Comics. DC sued Fawcett Comics, and they were in court for like 12 years. DC basically finally won and forced Fawcett to stop printing Captain Marvel, period. 20 years later, they buy the rights. But for that period in 1953, they said, stop publishing it. You're taking all our business. Over right. in Great Britain... There was a company called L. Miller and Sons. They were reprinting Captain Marvel comics they got from Fawcett. One day they were told, no more new comics are coming. What do we do? Let's make a, our own version of Captain Marvel. We'll call him Marvel Man. So they did that. So it was hmm. Marvel Man and his Marvel Man family. Kid Marvel Man and young Marvel Man. They printed comics of those characters for um, 10 more years until 1963. 
and then they went dormant. In 1982, a man named Alan Moore, who created um, Watchmen later on, um, at Watchmen, the new TV show star Regina King, that is probably currently airing as we are recording this. Um, oh, it came out. Oh, it came out tonight. Yep. Yeah. It um, just okay. it, it just went off. Um, oh, I'm going to have to check that out tomorrow. It, um, he wrote a new miracle, a new Marvel Man comic. They had to call it Miracle Man because Marvel Comics, which was around by this time, wanted to sue them. Mm-hmm. In his version, um, the boy who became Miracle Man, Mickey Moran, was all grown up. He was in his late for- his mid-40s. He had forgotten his magic word, which was um, Kimota, atomic spell backwards. One day he said it and became Miracle Man again for the first time in decades. And it's this whole very esoteric, um, introspective deconstruction of the story of a boy who's now a man who could become a superhero by saying a magic word. Gotcha. And about how one of his former protégés has become super evil and goes on a murdering spree in London. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> God, the, the comments get a little dark. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to read Dark Shazam comic, go find uh, Marvel Comics. They bought the rights eventually. Um, reprints of Miracle Man. Right. That those will tide you over in a very much so. <laughs> mm. uh, like if you were to start reading comics, like how do you know where to start? So you like at the beginning of a series and not the end. Like do they still number them or they still number them, but the numbering can be arbitrary. I would ask Kendrick to be um, honest with you. Cause I, I asked Kendrick that's <laughs> about things like that. Right. I mean, I would tell you what stuff to read and I'm and I could probably help you. Like it just depends on what you're interested in. Yeah. yeah. Um so. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and there's comics for every interest out there. They aren't all just Marvel and DC stuff. Like there's like Hunt, like what? dozens of other um, they comics. They own everything. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, there's comics of all types. There's there's no kid kid comics are actually coming back in a big way these days. They say they're selling more than ever. Comics mm-hmm. made directly for children that they actually sell in bookshops and not just in comic book shops are doing really good business as of late, they say. Um, but there's mm-hmm. comics for adults. There's comics about regular people having regular lives. There's comics about, you know, um, magical adventures, like fantasy things like Bone, Dungeons and Dragons, um, He-Man and She-Ra. Every mm-hmm. cartoon that you've ever watched has a comic book out made by a different publisher who bought the rights somehow. Yeah. Um, um, oh, oh my God. There's an American Gods comic? Yeah. Yep. But I wouldn't worry about that. It's basically just a book. Oh, well, I ain't seen that. I ain't finished this last season, actually. All right. Uh, Ken, why don't you tell everybody what you've been reading lately? Uh, what? It's more like what I haven't been reading. Um, <laughs> like, like, seriously. But um, currently, I'm reading a lot of different stuff. I'll try to highlight a few things. Um, I'm going to talk about some comics that I think are really great for people who are maybe new to comics or interested in, but maybe Me. not, or maybe not wanting to like superheroes. Um, some of the books I've been reading lately, one book, the series that just wrapped up, is called The Wicked and the D- Divine. It's basically this Ooh. story where like every so many odd years, twelve people are chosen to be gods. Um, they have godlike powers for two years and then they die. Um, and it's basically an analogy for being a celebrity, mm. and it's and in it, and it, 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 like they basically like base the characters off of popular 
basically musicians and actors and stuff. Like one looks like Rihanna, one looks like Prince, another looks like Kanye, um, and just different people. And it and it goes through like all these different mythologies around the world. But it's a really good story. Like I said, um, one thing I just discovered is called Once in Future. Um, it's it basically a team up between a grandson and his um, uh, grandson and his grandmother, who he discovers was like a monster hunter back in the day. Um, and the villain of the story is King Arthur, but it is hilarious and it is a great like fun story. King Arthur with the sword. Yes. Oh. So it turns out he's actually the villain of the story. What's um, it called again? Once in Future. Okay. Write it down. Uh, what else of it I do, do I start it's reading? Probably on? Play on, it's, it's probably a play on it's it's probably a play on Once in Future King. Mm-hmm. It is. Which is what Arthur is. Mm-hmm. There's another really great book. Oh, um they're all by the same author. His name is Kieran Gillen. He's a Brit. Um another book he had. It's called um the final book. Oh, I just said it's called Die. And kind of playing off of what Brandon was saying about sword and sorcery, um, it's about the these um, basically these kids in the '90s. They were playing Dungeons and Dragons, and they got sucked into the game. But they were finally released, and they've been trying to live their lives again, like as normal people. But they go back in at one, like as adults, like in their 40s, they go back in one more time to try to rescue a friend, mm-hmm. and then chaos ensues. But it's also them, like it's like. They're going into this world, but it's also talking about how life changes you and how different things happen. Like, it's full of interesting quotes as they as they go into these character studies. Like, this one guy who's like an asshole and he wanted to stay in the game because it was the one place where he kind of felt alive. Um, and it's kind of like, but it's kind of like he had this line where he's like, "Well, you should know better," and he was like, "Knowing is not learning," um, which is kind of like an odd truth to learn, but it's full of stuff like that. Um, but it, it it makes it interesting. Um, as far as the classic uh, comic book fair, what I'm reading, I'm reading Batman, who has not always been one of my favorite characters, but I like what one of the authors is doing because he's made Bruce Wayne actually interesting. Um, he's made it more about the love story between him and Catwoman, and he's made even Catwoman more interesting. She's like, uh, so Catwoman was having this fight with um, another character called Talia Al Ghul, who you might know from like the TV shows mm-hmm. or from the last Batman film. And basically, she's like, "I deserve, you know, to be in love with with the Batman or the detective." And Catwoman's like, "Look, at the end of the day, this nigga cares more about his oath to protect this world that he made when he was a dumb ten year old boy than he cares about either of them." <laughs> and I know I'm dumb for still loving him, but I do. So if you can't get with that, you might as well just put your sword down and um, go somewhere else. What else did she tell Talia while she was reading her? Talia was like, uh, my father um, never made me fight for everything I wanted. And Catwoman was like, bitch, I ain't have a dad. Mm. So so here we are. But it's like, it's just these interesting character studies and the way it's written is very poetic. So it was kind of like a different take on Batman that I really enjoyed. Um, I'm reading Justice League, um, but also this book called The Justice League Dark, which is like basically a team of like they made an actually animated movie of the Justice League Dark. Mm -hmm. Um, The new comic is actually really good and better to me because it explores like a world where magic is like being taken down and um, like like corrupting the world. So it's like you hear it's like a very much a horror book. Um, 
I don't want to go too much into different things. I'm just trying to think of some books that are really highlighted and really good for me. Uh, one other thing that they've done recently at Marvel is they've rebooted the X-Men universe. So um, not it's like it's not like a re- soft reboot. It's more like they've reinvigorated them. So the X-Men are really like it's like it's like the writer sat in on a, a Nation of Islam meeting and took notes. <laughs> So the, the X-Men sound more like, you know, like militant minorities than they have in the past. It's more less like, you know, we want to live in a world of harmony and peace. It's like they've gone from Martin Luther King over to Malcolm X. Like, we're going to have our own land and our own freedoms and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we you know we could we could live in harmony with y'all. But y'all said, fuck that. And you stood by, even even y'all who, like, did, you know, didn't do shit, y'all stood around and looked at the shit happen. Mm. So... And actually, there's a Martin Luther King quote where he said, uh, "What does he say about if you, um, like, if you do, if you stand by and do nothing?" I can't remember it exactly, but it's more or less that kind of approach. So they mm-hmm. established their own uh, like island that they live on, this own their own paradise. Um, they've made these mutant miracle drugs that like cure any sickness, um, extend your life by five years, and something else. Um, and they're selling them to people in the world. Um, and it's like in 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 agreement that you will leave our um, country alone, and you will allow us to set up embassies. Um, there are a few countries in the world that said they don't want to get with that program. Guess what? what who one of them was? America. Wakanda. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. We don't need your sneaking mutant drugs. <laughs> Is this still bitterness from um, um, T'Challa about Storm? No, this isn't about Storm. Um, you didn't know Wakanda's xenophobic. They don't uh, like outsiders. I mean, I mean yeah, we, and, we know that. <laughs> oh, and they also think like uh, being a mutant is the white man stuff. Like we don't oh, have Lord. mutants in our bloodstream. <laughs> you know, Wakanda really. I think they have like two known mutants that I know of. Uh, besides Storm, uh, one of them is really shunned. One isn't, of them, I think, is gentle. Kind of gentle, yeah. They don't like one? gentle. Gentle's daddy is Russian. Well, that's right. I remember that because I saw I saw um, panels of Gentle when he went back home, mm-hmm. and they there was a time I think there was a panel where he saved this little kid from being um, run over by a truck. Mm-hmm. And when he saved the kid, the kid's mother came up and grabbed the kid and sort of ran away. Like, and everybody started looking at him like, "Yeah, get away from us! It's like, don't don't come near our children." Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't. We, Wakanda, like, we don't need y'all. And then there are African countries who are like under the protection of Wakanda now, <laughs> so they don't mess with the mutants either. Uh, but it's really interesting, like the way they've set it up. It's like they've pushed the X Men in a direction where they're like not just a soft um, metaphor for minorities, where it's a more of a more militant take. And it's something the X Men kind of needed to get them out of being stale, and also because. The, the franchise has kind of been stagnant because of movie rights. Yeah, which I bas- don't know. basically they stopped printing X-Men as often and stopped doing as good a job on it because they did not have the rights to the movies until this year. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. Uh. But the the books, I think they're in good hands now. Like the writing is, it's not. I don't say it's all the way excellent, but it's pretty good. I mean, I I, I always think there's room for improvement in places. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that's really sticking out that's standing out to me that I've been reading lately? I'm just gonna stop there because I think I can go all day. Okay. 
Ali. Cool. Oh, um, let's see. My experience with reading comic books. Um, back home, we did have comic books in bookstores and whatnot, but um, they weren't amongst my friends circles and people I knew. They were not as popular. Um, however, the comic book property that managed to get animated TV show um, adaptations were very popular back home. And so that probably spurred the kids to pick up comic books if they did happen to come across them in comic books, in, um, you know, in bookstores and whatnot. We don't, we don't have, at the time, I don't think, we didn't have specific shops just for comic books, you know, it is in America. Um, it's like as if you'd have to go to a regular bookstore and then there'd be like a little section that had like comics. Um, but um, other than that... Um, who's, who's, in a, who's at a party? <laughs> I think that's Ken. Kendrick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I forgot. Just a second. I thought I put myself on mute. <laughs> Y'all in these unworking mute buttons, I tell you. <laughs> okay, Brown's, Ali. Brown's gonna bite. Brown's gonna buy each of us like a, a giant mute button. <laughs> he gotta buy himself one too. <laughs> I do. Communism. <laughs> um, but anyways, but yeah. Um oh yeah, was it was yeah, so as I was saying, um it's not something that's super popular. Um like and even comic books shops, there's no shops, it's more like a bookstore that has a section for comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, what Brandon was mentioning, how you know how you have little digests like the Archie stuff. Mm-hmm. Th- those were in shopping. Those were in um, um, like shopping uh, shopping centers or like um, grocery stores. So those were at, you know at the right. at the checkout corner. So those were a thing. Um, uh, in terms of comic books, I never really used to collect them at all. I almost all of my knowledge of comic book characters comes from the visual medium. On TV, um, I think only when I start when I came to this country, and I started, uh, you know, just wanting to to read more. So, for example, I was one of those people. Latria, do not feel like as if you're alone. I was always the person who was always asking. I want to read comic books, but mm-hmm. I don't know where to start. Exactly. <laughs> books because every time I hear someone talking about um, like this, the properties that are well established, like X Men. People keep on talking about things like phrases like the golden age of comics and the silver age. And I'm like, okay, so where do I start? Like, Mm -hmm. do I, is it okay if I start now? Like, do I just pick up a storyline that just started now? And if so, will it even make sense to me? Because I'm thinking to myself, since so, so many of these characters are already established, wouldn't that behoove the writer or writers to like, insert into their like inside jokes and deep cuts from way back when you know for the people who have been diehard comic book readers um since they were little and i would like to get in on these inside jokes too mm-hmm. i too would like to right i, <laughs> I too. like to know the deep lore <laughs> right you know and so i felt very i feel i still feel very isolated and the other thing is too it's like um as brandon as ex- had explained to me comic books um, in America, they've, they, they, they establish properties. They never really end. 
No, they don't. And so they just spin off and, and spin off and spin off. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And and characters who die and then get resurrected and then die again and mm-hmm. and so forth. And all that is just to keep the wheel, you know, spinning. Um, right. With just these new characters, and as Brandon has explained to me on a number of occasions as well, it's very difficult to to create a brand new character nowadays. Right, a brand new so, superhero like a Marvel or a DC. Yeah, so like a brand new, exactly. So, so for example, like um, what you just mentioned, Brandon, you said Naomi. Yeah, Naomi is the most successful launch of a brand new character they've had in a very long time. Right, the book like, sold out. Like they were doing second and third printings of Naomi issues. It was doing very, right, so, very well. So Naomi is something I I started reading because I heard. I think it was from Ken who mentioned it before on the show. He was saying that Naomi's brand new. So I was like, oh, let me jump on this really quick <laughs> so that I too can start talking about it with people whom I know. And and I, it did not disappoint me at all. I, I really like how it started. So I'm going to continue reading Naomi. But as for the other stuff, man, Hello? there are so many different iterations of, of a Batman. Hello? There's so many types of, there's so many iterations of Superman. Well, Batman is um, the I one started... DC comic that's never been rebooted. Like, not entirely. Like, they reboot everything else, but Batman continuity still continues from 1939. Like, they've never done a thing where Dick Grayson is like, it's like not 10 years old again. They just keep going with the current timeline and just adjust it to match the rebooted everything else. They have definitely rebooted everybody the fuck else in DC, mm. except for Batman. Yeah, they oh, just okay. do like a loose like um, reboot to fit in with everybody else that they have to right. do. But uh, Batman's been so or successful. They, or they just expand the Bat family. Yeah, yeah. So make another. So like um, when I started um, watching uh, Young Justice, uh, Justice League. Well, oh, Justice, Justice League. League. When I started okay. watching Justice League, um, I I that's where I started um, looking up into more characters, and I realized that. When I was a kid, I just thought there was one Robin, and then here comes a shit ton of Robins. And then not mm-hmm. only are there all these different kinds of Robins, but apparently they've spun off into their own kind of heroes. There's a Robin that turned into Nightwing. There's a Robin that became Red Robin. There's, <laughs> there's, a Robin that became the evil diff- Red Hood. There's mm-hmm. Red Hood Robin, and this, and then when I started watching Young Justice, um. Thankfully, that created like a a nice little. It's their own version of of how these characters came to be, but it was nice to at least see something that was kind of linear. But mm-hmm. then, oh boy! And then, Young Justice season three, which just aired on DC Universe, man, now I can't keep up because now you have Orphan and Sandra Kane. <laughs> she was Robin. I guess Sandra Kane. Stephanie and... Brown. She was Robin. <sighs> oh God! Cassandra was, was like, never oh, Robin. She was Batgirl. Okay, Batgirl. My bad. My bad. It's okay. You know, it's right. hard to keep up with the extended Bat family at times. <laughs> Every time um, I see a character with a cape and and somewhat of a dark, <laughs> um, lone, uh, dark uh, solo vibe about them, I'm like, you must be a member of the Bat family. <laughs> well, either that or they're wearing a in. bright red um, huh? um, jumps jumpsuit and ye- and a yellow cape and no pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't somebody it's buy been, that boy been, some goddamn pants? Well, he uh, has pants now. Robin's had pants. Yeah, for, they, that's something they did. Yeah, the new Robins. Yeah, 
Tim Tim Drake and um, Damien have pans. Talk like well, they, why they, was they, Dick they, Grayson they re- running around in his in his in his um his bloomers? What, <laughs> in his stop, stop it! Well, the, you know, back in the like in the, when he was in first invented, you had grown ass men rock, walking around in their bloomers too. No, you did. Like Wait, what? Grown ass superheroes were like walking around with. Oh yeah, the superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Like um. Oh, yeah. superheroes. Because oh. they were dressed in acrobat outfits. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but um. One of the things. But, you they, but have the to Dick do, Grayson. The Dick Grayson that they that they had that they started with in Young Justice when Young Justice first aired. He he thankfully was not in you know yeah. They, they, they decided pants. they did not want to do that. They gave him some full a full pant. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so yeah, but um, but other than that, um, yeah, and so so every once in a while I dabble in stuff. Um, the last thing I read from X Men, um, when I started reading X Men, I think it was when they had just introduced again. I would always try to jump on something that was just about to begin or just started. Uh-huh. So I remember picking up this issue of something called um. X-Men, um, X, or was it X-Men, X-Men Academy, or it was New Mutants Academy X-Men X. Academy. Academy X. There you go. Yeah, and the reason why I picked that up is because it, it according to the story, it said that they were, they were um, introducing a new group of, of um, young mutants into the school, and so you could follow their adventure from when they first mm-hmm. started. So I was like, okay, maybe this might be a good time to start things off. And it was I stuck around. I stuck around for um, um, several issues, um, but then the thing that I, I that kind of it doesn't annoy me as much now, but it it really started to, to grind my gears when I had first started reading comics. Is that and Brandon explained to me every couple of issues, the artist changes, <laughs> and so you have to you have to sort of. Um, know the character enough to be able to recognize this new iteration of the character based off of the the vision of the the new artist right Mm -hmm. and for me that was it was kind of um weird at first especially since um some some artists draw people of certain ages very strangely. So, for example, a lot of the members of Academy X, they were young, like 13, 14, 17, that sort of thing. And so the person that I started, um, 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 one of the people who started, who, who drew for it, Scotty Young, Scotty Young purposefully said on his blog, I'm going to draw these characters in my mind, how I think they're um, to match their age that they were given to me in the in the transcripts that I received from Marvel, right? And so I had gotten used to that sort of way. And then all of a sudden, in comes, I forgot his name. He's a Spanish artist. And he was like... Paco Medina? No, it wasn't him. I, it's somebody whom I met at DragonCon twice. Um, but he, he took on the characters. He took on it after Scott Young. And he drew the women... In a sexualized way, it wasn't Roberto like, Ramos, was it? It no. sure was. Thank you. It was. Wait, is Humberto Ramos? Yeah, yeah, really? it was Humberto. I met him twice. He draws cartoony characters, uh, though. He draws them cartoony, and then the girls were like, "Oh, <laughs> they have full curves." And I was like, "But these are like." 
14 and 15 year old people like you know i was like okay i can see that they are a little over sexualized yeah i mean he's not he's by no means somebody who abuses that by the way but mm-hmm. there are some other artists who just like who comp- it's like as if they, they got the transcript and the age and the, the character descriptions and they're just like, uh, F it. I'm gonna draw them like a twenty-two. I'm like <laughs> But these are and the thing what is the to me, what the thing that grinded my gears about things like that is because their age and how they look, they match they are supposed to match the story. Mm-hmm. Because I'm supposed to I'm supposed to see a young person struggle with certain kinds of issues and if i see the person and they look too mature it's going to color my perception of how they deal with certain issues that come up in the comic books right mm-hmm. and so that was my that was my thing but anyways that's you brandon brandon and ken have explained things like that to me and so i'm i'm not as as like peeved about it i understand because you're used to anime because... where the same artist draws the book for like decades right because it because that's his that's his baby Right. It's his own thing that he owns. And so, and then when the story ends, that's it. Nobody gets to pick up another issue of this and be like, ooh, these characters are cool. Let's reboot this. And but no, it's yeah. done. In American comics, that's, that's not as common. Like even people like Jack Kirby, who's known for being famous for drawing, you know, um, um, Hulk and the Avengers and um, who else is Jack mm-hmm. Kirby? The, the Fantastic Four. You know, these characters. He drew them until 1969, 1970, from 1960 mm-hmm. to 63, 61. Mm-hmm. And that's considered a very long run. Like like when um when Chris Claremont was writing X-Men, he did it for like a decade, I think it was. About... No, do you mean consistently? Like that's he was the only person doing drawing that? Yeah, he was the only person for well, that. writing oh, it. Okay. Well, yeah, Chris Claremont writing and um, uh, Jack Kirby drawing um, the original Marvel characters for like seven years or so. Yeah, he was, and he was drawing a lot of the books, too. Yeah, a whole lot of them. Um, and he would come back because he went to D.C. to invent, like, Darkseid and the Fourth Ward and Mr. Fourth Ward and Mr. Miracle and shit. He would come back and forth between Marvel and D.C. Because that's the thing. The, the big artists who are involved in Marvel and D.C. jump from, from one to the other and back again, depending upon who pays the most money at that time to them. Like, Brian... But Jack left because he was mad. yeah. Yeah, because he was mad at Stan Lee for taking all the credit. Like, Brian Michael yeah. Bendis, who created Miles Morales and was doing all the Spider-Man stuff, he um, left uh-huh. Marvel for DC because DC offered him a more lucrative contract. He's now writing Superman, uh-huh. and the DC fans, the, like, the Superman fans, the traditionalists, are very mad at him because he's trying to come in and change shit. Mm-hmm. Which Superman needs uh, some he's things. Changing, he's changing the lore. Not the Yeah, the lore. He's not changing the character, but he's adding to the lore... And put it and filling oh. in details and things. Superman still acts the way he should, thank goodness. But it's like, and now they're gonna do a thing where Superman, um, where he outs himself as Clark Kent. Oh. And people are freaking okay. out about it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, um, I started reading. Oh, actually, no. I my my um, my foray into like actually deeply reading graphic novels um was when i really started to get into i didn't realize that there was a thing called anime i just thought it was oh i just thought it was cartoons from um japan and i was like oh whatever (laughs) until 
until like I started seeing like stuff online with people had a name for it and whatnot. And then not only that, I realized um, from reading online that no, these things come from actual written written material mm-hmm. from, from Japan. Manga. I thought. Yeah, and I was like, oh, what the heck is this? And then I realized, oh, no, if they come from Japan, how the heck am I going to read them? And then somebody was like, oh, don't you know, like in Barnes & Nobles and in um, um, Borders and other bookstores, there's a section just for Japanese manga. And I thought, wow, okay, I guess I was born in the correct era because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was many, many years ago. I would not have that opportunity. <laughs> so, um yeah, so I started um, watching that, um, you know, sort of reading them. And, of course, you have to get used to the fact that in Japan, you have to read the comic books from right to left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And it, from it back was... to front. Yes. The, back, <laughs> the cover is actually on the back side. Yes. Um, of the, yeah, which is, which is a little odd. Uh, and funnily enough, because I read so much manga, when I pick up, uh, when I start reading, like, Comic, from comicsology, Brandon. Like when I st- when I started reading Naomi, I was like, none of these panels make any sense. Oh wait, this is American. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> like, oh wow! Like, Why is this happening like this? This doesn't make any sense. The continuity is all terrible. And then I realized, oh wait, I'm reading it the wrong way. And this is I, America, I like, boy. Okay, this is America. Let me calm down. America, <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. Nope. <laughs> Guns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah. So um, like I said, I and I, I have to admit, Brandon, I and Ken, I do appreciate the fact, even though I totally now understand fully why things happen the way they um do in terms of the comic books industry on this side of the world, I I still really do appreciate the fact that over on the other side, they they really do a good job of propping up like up and coming like like artists to have their own sort of their their own story and whatnot because it, it's so fresh and cool every other year some new person is coming along and they have this new fresh story and you're like what the crap is this and then you start reading it and blah, blah blah and if it gets successful enough in terms of sales several years later you'll see that an anime adaptation is created of it and voila you know it's it's like that and then when it's done it's done <laughs> done and then it makes room for another group of new artists and and storytellers. Is it true along. always true though? Mm, what do you mean? Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. Oh uh, yeah, that just it yeah. keeps on it's like a fanged boomerang. It just keeps coming back <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, it's um... <laughs> like <laughs> It is one of the most successful um, you know, And they won't let it die. Anime. Like it, they've, it, they they, they I think they originally they it, Dragon Ball has become uh like uh, almost like the fans are controlling the property because it's so popular. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, from what I understand, I was telling I was telling Brandon earlier this afternoon that Dragon Ball was one is one of those franchises where most young black people like they've seen it. It's the training wheel <laughs> like it's, anime. It's a tr- it's a, it's yeah it's it's a tr- <laughs> it really is it doesn't it really does feel that way. Um, I was also mentioning that I did not see Dragon Ball. Uh, or Dragon Ball. Well, no, I didn't see Dragon Ball Z back home. Dragon Ball is that when he's a little boy? Yeah, like a little. Is that when? Yeah, okay, original Dragon Ball. Tail. Goku's a little boy with the tail. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I saw part of that before it got like removed from the TV because it was too violent and all that kind of blah blah blah. <laughs> Blacked out. Um, and then 
Yeah, and then Dragon Ball Z was all in Spanish, so I didn't even bother because I was like, <laughs> I don't. They didn't even. There was no subtitles, so I was like, this is no. Como se case, dice? <laughs> right. And then by that time, I started like I started like forming my own sort of taste level in terms of what kind of cartoons I like to see on TV. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Ball Z was not one of those that I, I appreciated. You mean my, you didn't like this way for two whole, for two weeks of episodes while everybody sat around and talked shit to each other about how they're going to keep yeah. somebody's ass and, that's and the of, fight lasted that's one of, episode? Yeah, that, that whole thing about powering up for like three episodes straight, I'm done. <sighs> like, I'm, I don't want all that. Um, I was also never... <laughs> One of those, uh, I was also never into like um, really super cut muscly characters on animation. Like that, it, it always turned me off. Um, I like Dragon Ball Z ordinary... part throw up. Yeah, I just, it, it, they were so like roided up and stuff. And I was like, that's, that's, I don't like to see that very much. But, but anyways, yeah, that's my, my stuff. Right now I'm. And then there was Mr. Popo, who was like, this character who is, who is like pitch black. I have never seen a more monotone, just, you don't even, I mean, there's not, there's no, there's no shadows. Well, there can't be any shadows. <laughs> there's just, he's just Latria. completely black. Yes. Have you ever watched Dragon Ball Z? No. I want you to Google, to Google right now, Mr. Popo, P-O-P-O. Oh, Latria, don't scream when you see him, okay? <laughs> Ashley, please scream. It'd be a good podcasting moment. Don't, no, don't, don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't scream. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. This is one of the side characters on Dragon Ball Z. Oh, no. no I no. say, oh, I say, God. I say. <laughs> oh, Kwame, what? what are we going to do? The American, the um, English dub voice of Mr. Popo is Alvin Sanders. He plays Pop Tate on Riverdale. <gasps> oh my God, Brandon! <laughs> Brandon, this is no. Mind you, at the time as a kid, when this came on, I didn't really. Obviously, you know, you had never seen Bamboozle, so you didn't know about Jigaboos, <laughs> and you didn't. I didn't know about blackface and stuff like that. Right, mm-hmm. so all of that stuff is like you know it went right over my head, and you know as I got older and I look back at it, I'm like, wow, this is extremely racist. Extremely, like you, you do not want to draw black people like this. It reminds me of that character in Pokemon called Jinx. Jinx looks almost like Jinx was always drawn to look almost like Mister Popo, except Jinx had long blonde hair. Oh my god, that's even and worse. Then, and then what happened was, as, you know, obviously this, you know, people raised awareness to that sort of thing. Um, Jinx, the color of Jinx has changed in terms of the official artwork. So now instead of being pure black, she's actually blue. She found some Ambi. <laughs> and all of the Jinx, all of the episodes of Pokemon that involve Jinx have been removed. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Same as that episode yeah. of Pokemon where, um, oh boy, cross dresses. Yeah, that got removed too. And a lot of the there were a lot of issues with Pokemon, huh? Because yeah. I know there was an yeah, episode. Yeah, there are quite a few. There was an episode that was causing seizures in Japan, mm-hmm. yeah. and they yep. just won't show it in the. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one. There, there's a Pokemon called Porygon, and basically the um, the episode is they they enter this cyber cyber sort of plane of existence where there's a lot of flashing streetlights. 
and it was just it was insane so yep caused a lot of kids to have seizures and so that got banned yep um wasn't gonna add um latria yes your turn uh mine's gonna be short and sweet only thing i know i've ever read is archie because i used to make my mama get it when we were checking out the grocery store yeah well, we can talk Archie, though. So. Now, uh, as Ali pointed out, a lot of the artists in America don't stay on comics very long. Archie was different. Um, <laughs> uh, Dan DiCarlo and Stan Goldberg and Scott Schwartz and Bob Vigoda drew Archie comics from, like, the 1940s and 50s deep into the 80s and 90s. They didn't do shit else. Other than what Dan DiCarlo uh, <laughs> did, pin-up drawings. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you buy his book of his artwork um, and see, like... Um, he did a lot of drawings of women um, in different... Po- in well, that would explain uh, Betty and Veronica's drawings. Figure, yes, sometimes. it would. Mm-hmm. He liked to draw what they called um, cheesecake drawings back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of that bled over into that Betty and Veronica art and, at times. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like Archie comics that were in the grocery store, of course, are all reprints. Like they have one or two new stories in them drawn by usually Dan Parent or whoever or Fernando Ruiz or whoever still works over there drawing the old style. Mm-hmm. And the rest is all they save the um, the ink lines drawings and they redo the coloring to make it look more modern. Mm. It's like that also includes in the new the newest reprints of the last three or four years, um, coloring some of the background characters who have black hair to make them look like they're um, Indian or Latin, you know, a little bit of a darker skin tone, so that it's not just all white people and Chuck Clayton and Nancy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're trying their best. Um, yeah, I used um, so which Archie. Did you ever used to also read the Sabrina stuff and, like, the Josie stuff they would print in them as well? No. no. Well, I don't know. Not, like, the ones that well, they had their own titles. Like, if they were mentioned in there, maybe. But I don't remember Sabrina. Because, I honestly, until you said it, like, recently, I didn't realize that Sabrina was part of the Archie universe. Yeah. I know I would pick up issues of um, Betty and Veronica Double Digest, and they would have um, Sabrina stories and Josie stories usually in those. Oh, uh, no, I did. I did get, I remember getting one of those, but I it's been so long. Like, I was literally, like, a kid. Right. So I don't remember, but I just remember getting, you know, getting the book when I was younger at the checkout. Yeah. Right. Have you seen them lately? Yeah, I just saw on, I think the last time I was in the grocery store and I almost, like, I wanted to pick it up, but I didn't. Right. They've done collections based on Riverdale. And now they try to reprint every now and then some of the newer stuff in the new style. Because they they have a Riverdale comic book, which you would think is redundant. But but their Riverdale comic is based on the show, not the actual Archie comic. So they draw it super realistic and everything. And they use, like, people who have drawings that look like K.J. Appa and Lily Reinhardt in them. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and their Josie and Pussycats, of course, are black for that reason. There's um, Ashley Murray in them and um, the other two little girls. Gotcha. Um, little girls. Little girls. Little girls. Little girls. <laughs> um, but anything else at all? Like any Harvey stuff like Casper or Richie Richie and that kind of stuff? 
no. Well, wasn't Richie Rich a comic strip, like, in the paper? It was a comic book, no. Harvey Comics. Um, we uh, can talk comic strips, though. I used to... Look... I feel like I remember seeing that. Okay. Yeah. You know one comic strip that I used to read that nobody ever talks about? Who? Curtis. I love Curtis. Curtis was a little black boy with the hat turned back. Um, he was the yes. original black comic, not the original, but like the one that was popular when I was a kid. Oh, I think I remember God. Curtis. Yes, yeah. I love Curtis. Like Curtis could have been a PBS show. Yeah, I loved Curtis by Ray Billingsley. Wow, I liked Baby Blues. Yep, that was one of my favorites. Let me see what else. Garfield was good until like the mid nineties. Then it just started coasting. Mm. Um, oh, I loved Blondie. Yeah. Calvin and Hobbes. Everybody, yeah. Calvin and Hobbes was the one of the greatest, and they will never make a, a adapt adaptation of any sort uh, because um, uh, what's his name? Um, what's Calvin and Hobbes' um, creator name? That man said he will not. Um, he said no. <laughs> They've offered him oh. money, emeralds, diamonds, rubies, everything. He said absolutely not. Bill uh, Watterson. Let HBO get to him. <laughs> HBO Max. Right. But really? Yeah. I mean, Calvin Hobbes is super popular still. It hasn't been printed in almost 30 years. Right. Uh-huh. But Ooh, everybody do- loves it. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Oh, Doonesbury was one I liked. Yep. Doomsbury, in retrospect, I'm like, that was not for kids. Of it was not. not, but I like the man yeah. of the chain smoking. <laughs> it was definitely for grown people. That and um, Bloom County and or Outland. Oh, oh, uh, with, um, what's his name? The Penguin. Um, Opus, the Penguin, and Bill the Cat. Uh-huh. And they were always super political cartoons. Like, um, there was one whole storyline where Bill the Cat was having an affair with Socks, the um, the Clinton's cat. Okay. And it turned out Socks was not a girl. He, uh, the Socks was just a, guy, a male cat in drag. But Bill the Cat was still having the affair anyway. What? Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah um, Outland got a little crazy. Um, Berkeley Breftit was the writer and artist of Outland. You never read that, all right? I don't think so. Um, What about the original Boondocks comic strip? I I read a little bit of that. I don't think I ever saw that. I'm fairly certain I read every single last um, installment of the Boondocks. I was I loved that strip. It was so great until they stopped printing it. Did the the creator? Did the creator guy? Did he? Did he make the comic strip first? Yeah, Aaron Magruder did so, um, the so writing. he did the comic strip? Okay. Yeah, he wrote and drew it for the first couple of years. When the show came out, he kept writing it, but he hired artists after that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what are other ones I'm trying to think? Um, of course, Peanuts, obviously. I mean, everybody yeah. loves Peanuts. You know, that's like the universal comic strip. But I don't think people got just how rich those characters were in that comic strip. Like how yeah. good just the writing was in general, because it gets lost in translation when they make the cartoon versions. Because you got the little children in front of the microphone reading their lines like this, because they can't quite understand 
these big mm-hmm. words on the paper. <laughs> oh, Stop it. Uh, but Linus in particular, always be like Linus was a little theo- um, theologian. He was um, always talking about the Bible and the meanings behind it and everything, and trying to give Charlie Brown life advice. Charlie Brown uh-huh. had every grown person's um, psychosis or, or psychological problem. <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety, depression. <laughs> mm, kind of like how everybody, all the Winnie the Pooh characters were standing for those two. Yeah. Very it's much weird so. how as we get older, you can look back and see, like you can see, you can be like introspective about that sort of thing. Because it's like, it, it, it flew all over our heads as kids. Yeah, it did. We just <laughs> like, oh, look, she pulled the football away. <laughs> But then you go back and you read the dialogue as an adult, and you're like, oh, they are playing mind games with this little boy. <laughs> this is a metaphor for life. Yes. <laughs> you trust somebody, they tell they um they they screwed you over in the past. You were like, can I trust them again? And you like, okay, I'm a good person, I'll trust them again. And just you know it's what? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> What else? What other comic strips? Um, oh, I liked For Better or Worse. That one was not for kids, but I liked it. No, that, that, this is us as a goddamn no. comic strip. <laughs> yes. Basically. Oh, my God. It was so good, though. I and then they had the it. animated stuff, too. They had the animated adaptations of them. Yes. The storyline oh where the 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 um the littlest daughter April, where they were at the river and she went down the stream and she was got to drown. And the dog, <laughs> Farley the dog, who had been in the construct since the beginning, he went and saved the little girl and he died on the side of the riverbank. <laughs> died. <laughs> Daddy, he isn't breathing. <sighs> they were doing so much. Um Michael's best friend came out as gay back in the 90s in a comic strip. What? Yeah. Listen, um, Lynn Johnson was her name. Uh, she's Canadian. Like, she was on one. Apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, This Is Us basically is uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> how is this? How has this not been adapted? Right. It has a little bit. There's cartoons, but it's not been adapted the right way because all the cartoon versions are from like the early years when it was less um, dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has not been adapted the right way. You have to read the collections really to get the proper um, feel right. for it. I also liked Beetle Bailey. <laughs> yeah, I had a Beetle Bailey collection myself. <laughs> that horny oh, ass Sally sergeant. Sally Forth. Oh, I love Sally Forth too. I don't, again, that was not for kids. Right. <laughs> none of the ones like Sally Forth, Rex Morgan. Right. None of that stuff was for yes, kids. Yes, Rex Morgan, MD. Oh my God, it love that one too. <laughs> illustrated um soap operas. Uh huh. That's probably why I liked it because I used to watch soap operas. And Shoe, remember Shoe, the, the Office comedy about all the um the birds that lived up in the tree, but they it was like Dilbert, but it was like animals, like birds. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! And Hagar the horrible and snuffy. Yes, Smith. I loved Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comic strips. I mean, did y'all ever read Watch Your Head? Our our friend Corey's comic. 
Yeah, I have a, I have a collection. Where can, you, where can we this. read this? I have a collection. Come over, I'll let you read it. He has web comments on his website. I think it's planetcory.com. But yeah, it was in the paper for a while. Like people who didn't want to print the boot box anymore because Aaron was um, doing too much, uh, they started printing Watch Your Head instead. (laughs) I remember when they first put the boot box in the Augusta um, Chronicle, they had a whole um, uh, quarter of the editorial page dedicated to mail that came in from the white folks when they read the boot like a whole section shaded in, in um darker gray for just for boondocks feedback every I think every day for like a year. Wow, them white folks weren't having it. They were not having it, bro. They was mad. <laughs> I mean. I mean, <laughs> I mean. Um, what else? What okay, other? iPhone, iPhone Corey stuff. Okay, cool. It's on it's it's watchthecomic.com. Okay, cool. I knew he had, was doing webcomic versions of it now. It's basically a different world, sort of like as a comic strip. It takes place at an HBCU. But, so does he? Ooh. But does he? Does he? Is he still making the, them, or is he done? It's sporadic because, like you know, he's you know he's busy, right? He just got married, you know. <laughs> okay. What's his day job? What's Cor- what is Corey's day job? I don't even know what Corey's day job is. I know his wife's day job. She's the interior decorator. I don't know what his day job is. I think it's graphic design. Okay, I'm not then. certain. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Looks like someone's got time then. <laughs> no, he has a job. Don't do that. <laughs> Sounds like somebody has a job then. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Need to get off their ass. Shout out to Corey and Bonacai. <laughs> and congratulations again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Brian's like, oh, by the way, congrats. <laughs> I'm just trying to, no, just trying to be polite because y'all be talking, talk, get to work. You about to crack a whip like you, um, goddamn, um, uh, Simon Legree and shit. <laughs> That's not true. Cor- Simon Corey, Legree, the bad guy from you. Uncle Tom's Cabin, Ken. <laughs> I've never the seen slave that. owner. Okay. Oh, he okay. So Brandon with um, these deep just- cuts. <laughs> Now I know just what Ali means about when he says he reads comics and it's like there's these like deep cuts and like hidden meaning, like all these things that have happened that's years ago that you don't understand. Can. If I you want just to don't be get like it. you all. <laughs> but that's, well, Uncle Tom's being, Cabin, they probably should, I don't know if they made y'all read it in high school, but they probably should have told you about it in high school. Why? It's um, an important um, novel for the abolitionist movement from the 1850s. Yeah, 1850s. Um, no, it had been. It's been. It had after the Civil War. It was repurposed by Southerners into basically a racist melodrama. That you know, like they would stage uh, live performances of the adapted play version of Uncle Tom's Cabin, which was far more racist and far more stereotypical than the book mm-hmm. was. But the book was come on for the white gaze. Yeah, the book was basically trying to show the terrors that um, black people suffered through in slavery. Mm-hmm. Was the purpose of it? Um, but nobody talks about it anymore. In 1986, Avery Brooks and Felicia Rashad started an adaptation of it for TV. Um, I had a racist um, professor in college who made us watch that. Just because he was entertained by it, not because of the historical purpose of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's probably why we didn't right. see it. Yeah, I had to cuss him out the next day. He had a whole thing up on the blackboard about how um, 
Africans and Native Americans were technologically inferior to Europeans. That's why they were so easy to conquer and kill. Really? When I tell Mm -hmm. you nothing got taught that day. (laughs) Brandon Brandon was like, well, it looks like (laughs) I'm going to have to be that guy today. (laughs) I don't don't even remember that day. I don't know that... I suddenly got really big, my skin turned green, and my shirt <laughs> disappeared. Just I don't so know. So Tuesday? He said Tuesday. Wow. That's a good one. He soon, that's good. That's when he that's when he that's when he became a stripper. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, wait. Stop that. All right. Next next topic. Since you want to be grown. Um Latria is gonna tell Man. us about her love for a certain um Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> In the light of the shocking announcement that <laughs> Devon Franklin, Mr. Megan Good, is producing a sequel to a movie I thought nobody fucking liked, Johnson Me. Family Vacation. Yeah. Why did you think nobody liked that movie? Because I saw it in the theater and it was terrible. <laughs> uh, me and my friend, I won't, I won't call him out because I'm about to tell you we did some bad stuff. Um, we snuck into the theater. We had free tickets to see Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. And Uh after that movie concluded, which was not that good, um, we snuck in to see Johnson Family Vacation. Next um, auditorium over. Mm. Nobody came and Uh got us. Nobody cared. We were in the theater Uh alone. We watched the whole thing. (laughs) Was not good. Um, Cedric Entertainer, Vanessa Williams, Bow Wow, Solange, Jason Momoa for a little bit, Steve Harvey for a little bit. Didn't like it. Would not watch again. It wasn't for you. Loved it. <laughs> but you saw it on TV, though. I could see it. I enjoy getting right. on TV. Yeah, I yeah. As I'm a theatrical it release, where you can't go no place, you can't stop, you can't go get no go to the bathroom, you can't right. get your food. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, so Devon Franklin's making um, Johnson Family Celebration is the name of it. I, I would rather see a Welcome Home Roscoe Jones sequel. Jenkins. Ros- Jenkins. Jenkins, yeah. Jenkins. I mean, I would see both. I yeah. like Justin Family Vacation. When they, I mean, when, it, when I saw this um, article, I'm sorry, can go ahead. I was just going to say, at least for that one scene in the car where you're talking about, like, where they were throwing each other CDs out the car. Oh, Lord. Because <laughs> the funny thing is, when I first saw this thing, before I clicked the article and started reading it, I thought, oh, they're just announcing this. It won't get made. Nigga, they have a screenplay. It's already been written by Michael Elliott, who also wrote Like Mike and Just Right. Oh. They have producing partners. They have money in hand. Just Right was good. I didn't, I never saw And like they're making Mike. this for Disney Plus? No, it's coming out in the theater. Fox is making it. It's so Disney is making it, but it's coming out in the movie theater. In in the theater? In the this theater. Is part, this is part of Disney's Negro collection. <laughs> <laughs> Walt well, Disney resists the Negro collection and put like it like um it'll be red, black, and green kente cloth font <laughs> Not at the top of, of the DVD. The, that's messed oh up. Wow. <laughs> Instead of being released from the vault, it'll be released from shackles. <laughs> it'll come with it's a free ticket to Popeye's chicken and chicken and biscuits. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. They're going to run out. <laughs> <laughs> so happened to Oprah. <laughs> but yeah, so Latria, tell yes. us about your love for SETI. 
and about why yeah. you love this movie so much. Because I, I, my little, my little boo bear, I love him. <laughs> he's just, I don't know, he's just a sexy round man. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I have loved him since Steve Harvey show. I think he is like hilarious. He was my favorite on Kings of Comedy. I thought he was the funniest. He was the funniest. I would say that. Well, um, him and Bernie. He he had yes. the best most the best rounded set. Bernie was just raw funny. Yeah, yeah. But I just I don't know. I just really love such an entertainer. Like seriously, even you know the neighborhood, which has turned into my favorite comedy of the season. I know. Right. Uh-huh. I feel bad every time I say it, but it's it's come. They must have like changed the writers' room or something. They I must don't have. know what happened. Something happened, but it is like. Like slap your knee, funny. So like, I'm gonna, I, I laugh. I'm gonna throw out some Cedric the Entertainer um, motion pictures that he's appeared in. Okay. And I want to get your opinions on them. Um, Barbershop. Yes. Barbershop Two, Back in Business. Yes, I have not seen three though. Okay. So. Three's good. He's not in it that much though, but it's good. Oh well, then I don't need to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Come. Yes. Um, what's that one? Uh, Talk to me. Yes, is that what Don Cheadle, the yes. radio guy? Yep, yep. Um, the honeymooners. Did I see that? I think I did. Because was Gabrielle Union in that? Yes. No. It was yes. a remake of um the original fifties. Right. Oh, because it's Mike Epps. Was it Mike Epps? Yes. Was the other guy? Yep, yep. Seen it. Let's see. Uh, Cadillac Records. He was in Cadillac Records. Mm-hmm. Who did he play? Um, Willie Dixon. Blues musician. You don't get I, into the money everybody made. I don't remember him in that. I mean, I saw Cadillac Records, but I do not remember him being in that. I just remember Beyonce and that dude. What's the white dude? Um, Adam Driver. Adam Brody. Brody. Yeah. Brody. Driver. Driver. The one who, like, Brody. practically sexually assaulted Halle Berry, but, you know, mm-hmm. what else? Kissed her on the, on the mm-hmm. Oscar stage. She didn't ask for that. Um, oh. Hashtag me too. Um, I did not know that Cedric the Entertainer was in Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, but he was apparently. Yes, he was. <laughs> he played the guy who would always <laughs> he, he's the guy um from the from the um no. I guess he's from the child protective no, services. No, that's not him. He would always It is him. Yeah. The show on Netflix. Not the not the TV series, not the TV oh, series. The movie. Okay. Okay. Oh, I the didn't movie. know there was a movie. Okay. Yeah, it's yes. movie and back watched, in 04. It was a movie before. Oh, yep. I didn't yep. know that. Okay, because I watched the Netflix. Is it one series. of Jim Carrey? Yeah. What about Code Named wow. the Cleaner? He, was, he played the guy. <laughs> I never heard of that. Uh huh. That movie came I, out. I, I remember, remember the trailer for that. Yeah. Was that good? No. <laughs> oh, whatever. Keep going. <laughs> That's enough. It's just more, but like it's like voice roles, like Ice Age and Charlotte's Web and stuff. So those are all like his like big him. movies. I'm sorry. I f- I still I find him sexy. Like he could get it. So what about uh, Jocelyn Family Vacation? I just liked it. It's fun. Honestly, everybody that was in there were people that I like really liked at the time and probably still do. Like, of course, Vanessa Williams, duh. I mean, he had a good cast. Back at the time, Bow Wow was still relevant. (laughs) Also, Solange. She -hmm. was relevant because Beyonce's her sister. Right. And she was... I I don't know. Has she had... Was one of her CDs out by then? Yeah, it was. Her first one. Yeah. Not- Solo star. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Which I didn't care for her music back then, but I just knew her because of course she was Beyonce. Nobody sister. did. It was that album two when she really came into her own. 
Right. So, Soul Angel but even still, I liked her because she was so much. So I just, I liked the movie. I thought it was cute. It was funny. I thought him and Vanessa were cute together. All I remember from that movie is big ass hamburgers and Cedric <laughs> Entertainer running through a hotel naked, making jokes about having the horse stick. Hey. I have forgotten that Jason Momoa was in that movie playing a Native American. Uh, me too. I did not know that he was in that. He don't even look Native American. Did he even have a beard? He had no beard. He had a beard. He had like a little, like one of those um, D'Artagnan little goatee things. Not D'Artagnan. Yes, (laughs) D'Artagnan. Come on, three musketeers. (laughs) Why are you like this? (laughs) Really, D'Artagnan? Yes, (laughs) D'Artagnan. You know what I'm thinking? You know what that reminded me of? What? Well, he probably won't get this little tree will. What? King Kong? Yes, Miss King Kong. Miss King Kong? Yes, Miss King Kong. <laughs> okay, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh, Miss King Kong. You know, I died because somebody made a meme of an uh, ape holding a phone. Oh, God. Put, the, Doing that? This. Yes, and I died laughing. <laughs> like, I periodically, like, see it every once in a while, and I just die right. all over again. Adjust your mic a little bit. You, you sound like um, Freeway again. <laughs> What? There you go. Oh, so the sun comes down. Do the oh, sun go Lord. up? Oh, Lord. Lord Jesus. And the last thing. So, Ali, I forgot where we where this came in at. Um, we were talking about, for some reason, um, Mammies in movies somehow. Gone with the Wind. Mammies in movies. Up. But, that, that needs to be a February episode. Yeah, I'm about yeah. to say because that was, needs to be its own podcast. Yeah. Because he wanted me to list the movies that had mammies in them from back in the day. I said, oh, yeah, no, I said say that we'll be here all goddamn day. He's yep. like, really? I'm like, yes. Say Latria, that. I didn't realize that there were so many movies with mammies You put in Octavia um, Butler in there. Spencer. 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 Yeah, sorry. I got. I didn't realize that there were so many movies with mammies in them. You have to understand, before 1955... Um, that was the primary role offered to black women who appeared in motion pictures in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every, every movie we had a family who was middle class or above needed a maid. And they always wanted to cast a heavyset black woman to play that part. So you had movies like It's a Wonderful Life has um, Amanda Randolph. I think it's Amanda or is it Lillian? One of the Randolph sisters plays the maid in It's a Wonderful Life. And she does mm. the whole mammy bit. I mean, obviously, Gone with the Wind is the most famous mammy role of all time, winning the Oscar for Hattie McDaniel. Come on, um, famous ma- mammy of all... Ma- yeah. uh, mammy... Um, of all time, yeah. Ultimate mammy. Like, roughly a third of all the Tom and Jerry cartoons. Boss mammy. Had the mammy with the um, the, the holy socks coming through with the broom. Um, there's some... Actually, some... Uh, speaking of Pinocchio... Disney made a couple of Figaro and Cleo cartoons. Figaro is the cat, Cleo is the fish from Pinocchio. And Figaro is trying to catch Cleo in her bowl while Mammy is asleep. Uh, Song of the South, obviously. A bunch of them Shirley Temple movies, because a lot of them are set in the South during Civil War. So you call Hammett Daniel, call Louise Beavers to come in and play a Mammy. Louise Beavers, of course, starred in um, the original version of Imitation of Life. And, you know, she's mammying it up in there. A couple of hour game comedies got mammies in them because Buckwheat needed a mama. And Stymie needed a mama, too. I mean, 
just there's a lot, Ali. We there's a whole bunch of them. Like we could talk about Louise Beavers and Hattie McDaniel and Amanda Randolph and Lillian Randolph, who played all those parts, and who declared it's a lot better for me to play a mammy and get five hundred dollars a week than to be one and get fifty. I so, mean, hey, they're gonna uh. cast somebody anyway. They said so. Let's just do it. But it wasn't until, like, the 50s when the NAACP started leaning hard on Hollywood and started protesting and, you know, and threatening boycotts and, you know, and intimating possible violence that they started to change things. And, you know, that's when um, Lena Horne and Dorothy Dandridge became famous. And, you know, and then Diane Carroll came along. You started having black women, Abby Lincoln, you know, who sort of fit more of the black woman equivalent of the white woman movie star. They came along at that time. But yeah, like, I mean, are you at home, kid? Is that In what South Carolina? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Because I, I thought you were coming back. You were driving too. My bad. Wait, what do you mean? I thought you were coming back. As you came back from South Carolina. I didn't know you was there. Yeah, no, I, I was on my way back and had to come back. Okay. I, I mean, you. I was on my way back to Atlanta, yeah. Okay, I got you. Um, that's what, because people in the background, never mind, I got you, I understand. Fully understood, my bad. Uh, what was I going to say about Mammies? But yeah, I mean, that's the problem with those old movies sometimes. Um, we were reduced to stereotypes. The Mammy, for the men, it was either the Buck, which is the big, strong black man who's, you know, like, protected the white women for the, the white man, or the Coon, who entertained the white people by being silly or funny or lazy, like Willie Best and Step and Fetch It were the two who are most known for that. Um, they used to cast Paul Robeson as the buck until he said, fuck this, I'm going to New York and becoming a communist. Mm-hmm. Um, the Piccaninny, the little cute black child, of course, you know, that's where the Our Gang children come in. And if it's not them, it's Philip Herlick and the um, the Five Cabin Kids. These five singing children from, I believe, Florida, who appeared in movies in the late 1930s. Uh, They had their own series for a while of short subjects. I saw one of them the other day. I mean, they're not terrible, but, you know, it's 1936, 37. So, you know, your mileage would definitely fucking vary. Uh, I mean, those are all the main ones. You know, do you have like sounds like the Jungle Bunny? You know, that's, you know the white man's idea of what an African person is. Wow. Always greased up and, you know, wearing a, like a grass skirt with some spears, you know. All that sort of stuff. I mean, Ali, just watch Bamboozled. It's really the summary of all this. Watch Spike Lee's Bamboozled for like a quick um, uh, um, one-on-one, one-on-one um, seminar on um, black stereotypes in Hollywood. Like, there are literally hundreds of classic Hollywood films. Some of them very popular. Like, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, everybody's favorite Christmas movie. They have mammies all up and through them. Serving the white people and serving the white children. Mm-hmm. And now we have Octavia Spencer. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish she would stop mm-hmm. taking those parts. I really do. Maybe maybe she'll be maybe like that's, a witch. Maybe that's all she's getting, Brandon. Uh, it that? might be. That's what I'm saying. But maybe that's all people. That's all she's getting. I mean, she's but trying to get her, those other she parts, herself has. Getting. She herself has said that she was tired of them. So, like, 
What are we doing? I mean, but maybe maybe in the witches she'll be like one of the one of the witches. She won't be the help. I hope so. Hot right. If she show up with a goddamn apron on and a broom, I might throw oh something my at the God. screen. All right, so let's go ahead on. Any other questions, Ali, about mammies? For now, we can wait till February for the rest. But I just wanted to know. That, make that's sure all. You... Thank you. Okay. Because <laughs> 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 see, you literally thought it'd be like ten movies that I could just name. I'm like, no, sir. Mm-mm. Just go to Habit Daniel's uh, Wik- um, Wikipedia or her, or her IMDb and just start scrolling, mm-hmm. and that'll give you like a quarter of them. All right, let's go ahead on to the Say Something Nice Challenge. All right. All right, your stupid Joker movie is the fucking hit, okay? Shit. Fuck. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it at fucking all. You liked the movie. I did not like the movie. I thought you did. Why I thought it was. I thought it was very well shot. I thought it was very well acted. I did not like the writing or the direction. Ah, uh, okay. I thought the movie was fine. Like saying mm-hmm. I liked it is a little bit generous. Okay. <laughs> Ali, did you see it? He saw it all right. Uh, oh, that's right. Because y'all went. In different Ken times, right? liked it. He's probably on mute right now. <laughs> Ken always likes that strange stuff. As of the immediate <laughs> recording of this podcast, Joker is now poised to become the highest grossing R-rated U.S. release of all time. Wow. Brandon, I'm mad. I was talking so much shit to you about not liking Joker, and I was on mute the whole time. <laughs> oh! Dang, what did you say? I was like, we're laughing all the way to the back. <laughs> Lord Jesus. The movie, as of current, has made $737.5 million. Mm-hmm. Within a and couple it's of... All, it's all because people were talking shit about it. Mm-hmm. That is that insane. Fuel, that wow. fueled people to go to the doggone movies. Within a couple of weeks, it will have outgrossed the highest grossing R-rated film as currently as um, Deadpool 2. Wow. This is this is this crazy. Is, this is insane. <laughs> this is I insane, just, and I am upset. Wow. Technically, it's Deadpool Ooh. one because Deadpool two had to reissue it as PG thirteen, and so they're sort of kind of fudging the numbers. Which but so is it's, whack. So it's Deadpool one at seven hundred eighty three, which you know oh they'll make that by next Friday at Joke with Joker. I don't understand oh, it. There was a oh, lovely okay. motion picture in April about children with magic words. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Elsa. Let it go. Uh, okay, I let it go. Um, but yeah, so Joker is a gigantic hit. Um, it's changed everything, hopefully, or not. But you know, um, there is one person besides Brandon who's very upset about this <laughs> turn of events. That person is Jared Leto. Leto, Leto. As you might recall, Jared Leto played um, the Joker in a motion picture called Suicide Squad in 2016. Mm. You might also recall that um, Jared Leto was terrible as a Joker in 2016. He 
<laughs> we talked shit about um, Joaquin Phoenix and his method acting. Meanwhile, fucking uh, Jared Leto was sending dead rats to people and, you know, pooping on their foreheads and... Excuse me? And, you know, and all... Yeah, all sorts he, he be, of... He's using a little hyperbole. Whoa. He did send them dead rats. That's not hyperbole. But, I mean, he did, but he didn't, like, shit on their heads. He didn't shit oh, on their okay. heads, no. But, like, okay. he was doing the absolute fucking most for mm-hmm. the entire time that Suicide Squad was in production until it was released. To his mm-hmm. castmates? Yes. Oh, we would have had to fight. Oh, he almost fought um, somebody's husband. Good. Yeah, he's not. Uh, was it Viola Davis? That's like the same thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, Julius, Julius was about to get in that ass. Oh, snap. Yes, yeah, so, um, Jared Leto was, um, uh, uh, reportedly, this is all rumors and suppositions, mind you. You know, just from the Hollywood Reporter, though, so they, when they say it's rumors, it means that somebody at Warner Brothers called him and said, girl, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> right. Um, Jared Leto was apparently quite distressed when they announced that they were making Joker in 2017. Oh, my God. To the point that he tried to call the head of Time Warner to get them to shut production down. Who does he think he is? He thought he was the Oscar-winning big star that he (laughs) thought, you know, was going to be, you know, this was his part. He was also very mad about the final edit of Suicide Squad, in which he appears for... Ten minutes. At best. Uh, He thought he was supposed to be in there a lot more, but... um, Jeff Johns apparently did not like his performance as the Joker, and um, he was in charge of the re-edit of Suicide Squad into a nice, cute, hot topic, neon-colored um, bullshit extravaganza uh, that finally was released in theaters. Uh, Jared Leto was so pissed that apparently he um, tried to get his agents to shut down Joker, because they also represented Joaquin Phoenix. They said no, so he fired his agents at CAA and went to William Morris Endeavor and hired new agents. Mm. He was very upset about all of this. And also, apparently, I found out today that the reason why um, Todd Phillips got a $55 million budget for Jokers because Warner Brothers thought if we give him a low-ass budget, he won't he won't make it. Well, uh, joke, the, literally, the joke is on y'all. Mm. Or is it because y'all taking all the damn money? So yeah. right. <laughs> so not counting marketing, how much profit have they made on this? I don't and know like, how much because they they're splitting it with um, Village Roadshow and with Braun Creative, so they're only getting a third of the profits because they thought it was going to flop. No, oh, okay. But still, they're still making good money, though. Yeah. So I mean. So get ready for um, um, Luthor starring Brian Cranston coming 2022. I would like to see Catwoman done in this style. Catwoman starring um, Beyonce coming 2024. Mm-mm. No, not Beyonce. Mm-mm. I would who hmm, who would be a, a good actress to be Catwoman in a film like this? I mean, they just cast Zoe Kravitz to play Catwoman in the actual Batman movies. Good for her. Okay, but okay, but I mean, Lupita. Oh, mm-hmm. not going to do that. Kevin Feige's oh. going to be like absolutely the fuck not. Because <laughs> right. like, when I saw what's, what's the girl from Thor, uh, Tessa, Tessa Thompson. Thompson. When I saw her on that fake short list, I'm like, mm, I don't see that happening. 
I don't know how about, fake that shortlist was though. It might be not, they might have have asked those people, but they might have been like a list of people they thought to ask if they couldn't get Zoe. Because obviously, when they cast her, it's like those are they're all the same type. It was it was her, um, Tessa Thompson, Logan Browning, and Janelle Monet. Well, I saw actually a lit like somebody uh, put up a list of two other actresses um, who are like actually of Spanish descent. Who oh were, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Um, the actual list of people they asked was like um, it was Zoe Kravitz and some Spanish people that I don't know offhand. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I kind of I don't I'm, I mean I'm, I like Zoe, but I'm wondering does she have a strong stage presence to pull this off? We'll find I out. I think she can do it. I mean, she I mean, she beat out the auditions of the other people. So, did I mean? Okay, your father, your her stepfather's already Aquaman. She's a name. Yeah, um, but they literally said they tested all four of those actresses last week, and she's the one that the studio picked. Okay, I like um, her I'll, as an actress. I think she could do it. I also heard that the reason what should we call it? What's his name? Um, didn't become the penguin. He wanted more, too much money. He wanted double what Robin, Robert Pattinson was getting. Well, he not only that, but he wanted to be the Riddler and not the Penguin. Yeah, that too. Who? Uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, they offered him the Penguin. He wanted to be the Riddler instead because, you know, he's um, trying to lose weight. He lost a lot of weight. He did lose a lot of weight. He's trying to lose more, I think. But, I mean, he's already skinny. He looks, he looks like a different person, skinny. He's, he look, also looks way younger. It's not a bad thing. Um, what was I going to say? But so Jared Leto's very pissed. He is still working with working with Warner Brothers. He's shooting right now a movie called Little Things with him, Rami Malek, and Denzel Washington at Warner Brothers. So he's still there, but apparently, you know, they're not bringing back his Joker because it was very unpopular by everybody. For everybody, is there anybody currently on this podcast who liked Jared Leto as the Joker? I never saw Suicide Squad. So. Bless you, bless you. <laughs> a million blessings upon you, my my sister, Kendrick. I feel I I have mixed feelings because Suicide Squad wasn't a good movie to begin with. Right. So, yeah. Uniformly I mean, terrible. All right, because we it was like it had so much promise and then it just went to shit. It's like what is this plot? It's like what well, is this everything? Um, all right. Ali. Yes. Ali? He fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Had yes. some bread. Yes. <laughs> Did you like Jared Leto as the yes. Joker in the motion picture? No, no, I didn't like... No, 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 don't, no, no, don't, do not, do not ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me that question. I just wanted to make sure no, no, before no, no, I move no, forward. No, 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 I'm really no. shocked. People to hear are, that people are gonna that think stuff. that like we are on something. <laughs> I usually am, episode. but I'm not tonight. <laughs> Your mama is next door. Be careful. Because like I took a break. Okay. Right. Um, but yeah, so like, and also the Joker appears in Birds of Prey out due in February, but Jared Leto is not in it. They have a body double scene from the back. Uh, Shades wow. of Superman and Shazam. Um, that's how much they don't want to use him at all. Um, but so here's my thing, and I go around the room. I understand being upset, but bruh, did you see the movie you were in? Um, 
Listen, take this L. I mean, it wasn't good. Take, I mean, I'm sorry. Take it's, this L. It wasn't a good movie. Sony's hired you to play Morbius. I'm sure it's yeah. for more money. Take the check. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's equally horrible. Or, so it's not, or at least it's not marginally like been, better. Mm. It's not like as if you've been blackballed. <laughs> right. Right. So you, you're fine. Everything that work for everybody. And, opportunities. and he's white, so he'll be okay. He'll be fine. Come on, he's white. All right, um, uh, Latria. Uh, what this reminds me of? Who was it that we were talking about a couple months ago that like got upset and wanted to like rewrite the whole script of the movie that they were in? It was who a bunch was of people. Right? Shit, hold on. Uh, think. So I think uh, it, it was something that I don't even know if it came out yet. I know Edward Norton did that on Incredible Hulk. Uh, it was recent. No, it was, recent. it was somebody. It was somebody recent. We were like, dude, you just got into the. Oh. Jesus, I don't it? remember. Somebody young. Somebody young. Somebody, somebody young. And they got up and they were like upset and was like, they wanted to like control it and be like, I want to rewrite the whole movie. And it was like, you're about to be out of a job. Oh, it was, was this year? Just, yes. It wasn't Hemsworth Tessa, or T- Tessa Thompson, was it? No, 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 no. Somebody knew. Somebody knew. They, were, remember. They, they had been in one movie and then they were like making a big stick. Oh my God. I don't remember. That? Um, somebody write Dang in it. and tell us what it was. I'm sure it was something this year. I'm sure it was somebody we were, you know, we're probably mad. When we I don't even out. know if the movie's out, but it was just about like they, they tried. I think they it. Were like, yeah, and it was like you just got here. Please shut up and accept this check. Was it Ansel Elgort? No. Hmm. Damn it! I don't remember. Because we had, I feel like we had, we had a whole show talking about how stupid he was. And how he just needed to like take his check and take, go take home. Take your check and go home. If it's bad, it's bad. It's not your fault. But that's what this is reminding me of. But it's like, Jerry, you've been in this industry for a long time. <laughs> right. You know so how it goes. Be quiet. Just wait for the next thing to come along. Right. Um, yeah. Ken. Yes. Um, you have any advice for our um not our friend, but um our Joker, our former Joker, Mr. Leto? Get a sense of humor. Maybe you would have kept the role. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Ali. You look so much pretty if you smiled. Wow. <laughs> I'm literally speechless right now. <laughs> Isn't he? Didn't they meet to his ass? Jared Leto. <laughs> I think you're confusing him with, um, with uh, what's his name? Um, no, the guy not, who's like not 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 Johnny Depp. No, not Johnny Depp. Um, the one who's like gay straight. Um, he was in the on the the interview. Um, Jesus Christ, um, James Franco. Yes. No, no, I no, I know James Franco got me tuned. I know that. But he's coming back. I saw him in something like yeah, animate doing an animated voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like Jared Leto. Has some sort of a thing that he did. Let me see. Not Jordan Padalecki. Uh, I, I don't know. His, he was, was good in Dallas Buyers Club, though. Yeah, he won the Oscar. I don't see anything on his IMDb, on his Wikipedia. Oh, mm-hmm. I feel like there's something about him. Something. I don't want to say anything if it wasn't there. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, what is what's he gonna do? 
Mm. Is he, listen, I do say this. If Warner Brothers makes a fucking sequel to this Joker, Joaquin Phoenix shit, because Joaquin Phoenix only made this movie because he said he does not want to do it twice. If they somehow back up the, the truck and make a part two, I might have to show up at Burbank. Uh, now that you know where it is. Now that I know where it is. <laughs> don't do that shit, please. Make another, make Solomon Grundy. <laughs> don't, make fucking. Don't get Tammy in trouble, please. Don't. don't yeah. Don't make fucking. Um, what's another DC character they could turn into a fucking um, indie art film? Um, What's a black one? They could shit. turn a lot of them. A black one? Uh, make a blood sport movie. Black man with a gun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Make um shit. I mean, obviously, Lex Luthor is too easy. Take that Dwayne Johnson Black Adam shit and turn it into something artillery. Make it where he's sad and walking through um ancient Egypt in long shots when they I play bet. opera music. <laughs> turn him to Ibex. No, Ibex, stupid. There's nothing Ibex. I'm Ibex. I'm stupid and strong. <laughs> wait, 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 oh, Sabak. Oh, yeah, Sabak, where, you know, you're in the depths of hell, and, you know, he's sitting there, he's like, oh. I'm a tortured soul with an evil demon inside of me when I say the magic word, Sabak. Well, what, wait a minute, what, is it, what about the, uh, what was the name of the one who was the gangster version? The Russian mobster. He was still Sabak. But he took Sabak's powers, right? Yeah, he, 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 he took just... the powers from Timothy Carr's. He was like, 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 like Ishmael or something, some Russian mm-hmm. gangster name, I forgot what it was. Yeah, play, have him be that version. Yeah. They they can make like the Boondock Saints Part Three and just put some superpowers into it or some bullshit like that. Make a yeah. cheetah, uh, get Kristen Wiig to come and do like um, <laughs> an oh, indie uh, art version of Cheetah. <laughs> stop it! I would. What other nonsense could they do? They would piss me off. Um, shit. Hmm. Apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, um, what's um, Ava's already doing it. Oh, the new uh, with her, the new her and Tom King are writing it right now. Yeah, yeah, I have no faith in that film. Pray, pr- pray for us, y'all. <laughs> pray for Ava. <laughs> pray for Ava. <laughs> she needs I'm a sorry. win on her film or her or her motion picture um, um, filmography. Yeah, she needs to do like I'm sorry, but like special effects are not her deal. They may not be. Um. Who else? What else? Um, shit, we piss yourself. Ali, you watch Young Justice. Help us. Are uh, <laughs> oh, you talking about Vandal Savage? Um, all the storylines have been really good. Vandal so Savage, you can take turns no art film. He's he jumps time dimensions and shit. No, he doesn't. I mean, oh, oh, I'm sorry. That a man through throughout time. That's like like not a tragic story to tell. But bitch, we don't have the money for that. <laughs> it doesn't take that much money to tell that story. Or let's, are you going to get Casper Crump back? Stop it. Oh, Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday? Yes, yeah, I, I said that was, yeah. That was easy. Um, but any any Batman villain, technically. Any uh, Batman they villain. Could make a, uh, they could make a Granny Toy Goodness man. film. Granny Goodness, Jesus Christ. Oh, Granny Goodness would be good. Toy Man. Toy, Toy Man would actually be good. But any of the um, the female Furies? like. Oh, I mean, that's all going to be in Ava's movie, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Uh, well, DC villains. Uh, K- uh, K- Kale, what's her name? Something Kale, uh, Wonder Woman villain, who's basically a woman version of Lex Luthor. Uh, Veronica Kale. Uh, make a um, uh, Savannah family movie. Savannah family? Yeah. yeah. 
Make that. Or maybe a oh, black Manta. Oh Lord. <laughs> Just have yeah 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 the scream as a representation of black rage for um, the first minute. Mm-hmm. Black Manta directed by Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. A Spike Lee joint. Oh Lord. <laughs> Who else? Another DC villain. Oh, <laughs> Captain Cole. Oh Lord, bring back Whitworth. <laughs> Have it be the existential crisis of a pansexual cold man with a cold, cold gun. Cold, cold world. Who wants to be Earth the Kid so bad? In his, in his, um, I'm Captain so it, Cold. Remember his sister? Too. And the sister, um, the, the, um, the golden um, glider. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Deathstroke. Right. The I mean, they, they can't do Deathstroke. A jarhead. Yeah, you can. No, because they'll be like, this is Deadpool with different colors on. <laughs> you, 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 you do know that. I know that Deathstroke came first. No, it's not that. that they're, like, it's like, Deadpool's a combination of Deathstroke and Spider-Man. Death, right, right. Deathstroke, Deathstroke doesn't have the humor that Deadpool does. So right. it would be the same. It would be more or less like Jarhead or Full Metal, ja- was it Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, Full Metal Jacket or, or, um, or um, Platoon. Yeah, so it would be something like that. Yeah. Like when Ava makes this new god world. shit, um, they are going to eviscerate her for like Ava just copying Thanos. <laughs> it's gonna be funny <laughs> because if you make a new god movie, you gotta put Dark Side in it, right? You do. What layperson is going to look at Dark Side and not think of Thanos? Hmm. <laughs> Even though Dark Side came first, definitely came first. Did Kirby also create Thanos? um... No, Jim Starlin. Okay. Jim Starlin originally wanted to do a copycat version of Metron, but the people at Marvel told him, You need to do at least a character that's most popular. Right. I knew Um, Jim Starlin did the Infinity Saga. I didn't know if he created the character. Yeah, he did. Um, Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, hmm. Jimmy Olsen. Listen, I would make the Jimmy Olsen movie myself. I think Jimmy mm-hmm. Olsen is a great character. Actually, that's what I need to read next as I close the show out. I want to read that miniseries they're doing right now. They're doing a Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen miniseries at DC right now. I've I started it. I haven't, I've collected all but one of the books because I'm getting all the variant covers and I can't find the last variant because the variant covers are awesome. They're, I can't remember the artist's name, but I love his work. Um, so I'm trying to find that variant cover for him, unfortunately. Right. But um, it's zany. It's insane. Because when yeah. Jack Kirby came to DC, for whatever fucking reason, they assigned him to do Jimmy Olsen as his first book. <laughs> and he's like, this is trash. It's some bullshit-ass soap opera. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck it up. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> so he goes on wild adventures with, like, um, into other dimensions and shit and turns into Turtle Boy and all this other kind of crazy stuff. It's great. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can, of course, find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Sound... Um, not SoundCloud. Spotify. I keep wanting to say Spotify, not insane SoundCloud. Stop that, Brandon. Stop it. Uh, we are on all social media under the handle at SSM Podcast. Please, a special please get well to John Cho. He had a serious injury on the set of the Cowboy Bebop live action TV show. And they're shutting down production for the better part of a year while he recovers. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's that serious. 
he was on Twitter saying thanks for all the well wishes. So you know, like he's like not gonna die or anything, but he's he's gonna need like um, knee surgery and rehab. So, but yeah, um, but thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this has been the Say Something Nice podcast. I am Brandon. I'm Latria. I'm Ali. And I am a menacing laugh. <laughs> All right. Oh, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Um, and um, another one I've been reading. I just discovered it. It's called in. Um, it. I feel like it's written to be op- optioned as a Netflix series in the future. Um, it's called. Hi, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, put it on mute. <laughs> He's over there being sick. Right. Her name. Her name. Sorry. Because we heard you blow your nose. Oh God! I have a, I have a, I have my microphone down. Y'all heard did that? You put, did you put it on mute? It was loud. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! You cleared did your you sinuses. Sick, did you be sick in silence? <laughs> put it on mute. I, I, it was. I, I turned it all the way down. All the way down is not mute. <laughs> Wait. How about now? Is that mute? Hello. No. Jesus no, Christ. <laughs> All right, so I got to do that. That's mute. Hello, hello, hello. We yes, we can hear you. you. It's like, you are, you sucked at hide and seek, didn't you? <laughs> right. I don't know why the mute Brandon on this thing like, then. Brandon was like, I'm over here. Lord Jesus. How do I mute it? <laughs> just, just hold in your snot. Just hold oh, it. Like my uh, my friend's daughter, we play hide and seek with her, and she started laughing like, "Here yeah. I am," and we're like, "That's not how you play." <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry, y'all. I I fully apologize. I I turned the, the thing all the way down. I swear <laughs> to God, I did. <laughs> I had to look my okay. nose. I'm so sorry. <laughs> everyone gets everyone gets sick. Y'all can excuse them. Right. <laughs>